You are listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. During these podcasts, we'll be exploring all of the different opportunities that we get to seize the day on a daily basis and what tools and what changes we can make in order to grab those goals. Are you ready to make change? Hello, everyone. I'm Natalie, and this is Seize the Day. I have an exciting show lined up as I'm joined by a very wonderful woman. She is a successful, award-winning author, registered nurse, consultant, educator, and serial entrepreneur. She is a blogger, cook, ferocious reader, and lover of all things food. I can totally identify with that. (laughs) Please put your hands together for the lovely Brenda Murphy. Hello, it's so fun to see how you do that. (laughs) Oh yeah, really? I I literally do a round of applause with my hands. It's great. How are you? It's so good to see you. Good morning. Thank you for joining me so early. Oh, good morning. It's okay. I'm I'm up early. I'm a, we're early birds at our house. Well, we used to, well, the kids are not so early, but the rest of us are. <laughs> Have dog. you noticed actually that a change since being off school and the, the, the timings are different now, aren't they? Everyone's getting up later, going to bed a bit later. Way different. Yeah. 10 o'clock last night, everybody, I'm like, guys, we got to turn the lights off. It's 10, you know, we got to, and they're like, we don't have to get up. I went, okay, you're right. Just <laughs> Read your books. I want to stay up because they're reading. I am so okay with that. I mean, it'd be different. I was like, oh, let us watch more TV. I'm like, no, no, read your books. It's cool. <laughs> That's fine. You carry on. Brilliant. What did I see? A post the one time for parents that were struggling with their children, you know, watching or considering they're watching too much TV. Put it on mute and put the subtitles on. So then they're actually reading it. So they're doing <laughs> right. it, which I thought was quite funny. That's quite brilliant. So for everyone listening, where are you based, Brenda? Where are you at the moment? Because we were going to see each other this summer and I, well, I'm seeing you now, which is magic. But where, where are you for everyone listening? I, I am in Ohio. I am about an hour south of Cleveland in a, in a small town. And um, right now I'm in what used to be my all the time office, which is now uh, I'm sharing it with my wife because she's working from home mostly. Um, And I'm mostly working back on my laptop on my front porch because it's summertime and that's where I prefer to work in the summer. I see the pictures you post. It's gorgeous. Absolutely glorious. Nice bit of creativity. I suppose inspiration being outside as well. We bought that house because of the front porch and it's like the, it's the whole length of the house. And um, I mean, that just sealed the deal. And we like the rest of the house too, but the front porch was like, okay, this is our house. Um, and I'm on a front seat, kind of a busy street. So it's also kind of interesting because sometimes if you do, I get stuck and I need to like take a break and look around, there's always something going on, you know, neighbors or cars or you know i live um really close to amish country so sometimes there's horses and buggies that go up and down the street so always something to see but a people watching i love it my wife and i are like there's a guy that has a dalmatian that he walked all the time and now he's got a puppy so like i come on like he's got the dog out the puppy's out again come and see you know it's like a little i watch him to go down the street it's like we you know you don't know all your neighbors' names, but you know all the dogs' names. <laughs> Great distraction. And now what we're going to be talking about in the show, and we'll come on to it a bit more, it, and listening to what you said with your room there, it's quite, uh, well, it's a change in life, isn't it? As you were saying, you're now using this room to work because so much has happened in the world. Your wife is also at home as well. Um, and I, I think so much has changed. What are we, six months in now? We are August. It's about six months. It's absolutely yep. Yep. incredible. There's been massive transformation in the world in terms of how we operate how we live our lives 
what we've needed to adapt to and how we've had to change our mental focus and therefore to support our mental well-being and one of the things that we wanted to talk about and why Brenda's come on is how you've been surviving through COVID and how you've managed to stay creative as I mean that's the essence of who you are in terms of your output work being a writer and so on and some some good advice really and and tools to help others who might be struggling to to listen to how you've got by or what you've done because you've gone through you've had quite a lot of adversity over the last few months yes yes with losing family members your home set up and your children and so on as well so I I'm going to leave it over to you if you want to talk about what you've been up to and and how you've you've survived if that's okay yeah so um when all this uh started back in March um March is kind of a fraught time for us anyway it was the um anniversary month of losing um my very dear brother-in-law to depression so in the middle of trying to navigate uh, our way through that, and um, no one in my family is neurotypical. Uh, my son and I both have ADHD. Uh, my daughter has, uh, is on the autism spectrum and um, struggles with generalized anxiety disorder. Um, I have a fair bit of PTSD um, from a life lived. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. And, um, struggling with all of those mental health issues with the overlay of um, that grief and just feeling like we were starting to come back to normal after that. um, And I I can only describe it as a disaster because that's how it felt and what it was to all of us. He was very dear and very loved. Um, Then to have what felt like the rug pulled out from under you with, uh, with, with COVID and suddenly school is shut down and people are sick and they're dying. And in the midst of all of this, um, my aunt had a traumatic brain injury um, towards the end of March and actually passed away in April. And it just felt very surreal. And one of the things that my wife and I really struggle with um, at times is trying to make sure that we don't let outside um, things disrupt our family balance. And so we work really hard in um, not necessarily creating a bubble, but creating a safe space where we all get to deal with things in the way that we need to. And I think that that's number one. If you have mental health issues um, with anybody in your family, and even if you're, and particularly if you are the caretaker of individuals with mental health issues, you need to be on it pay attention you know make sure people are eating and sleeping and taking their medications and getting in touch with mental health care professionals those kinds of things um and with all of that if you were a creative person and 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 i am and that is what i do at this point in my life because i'm not working in the hospital anymore i left that two years ago i think left my hospital job now um i still do some consulting in the medical legal uh area but I'm not working at the bedside. And, you know, writing, and that is my job right now, is writing. You know, that's what I do. And creating, and I do some blogging. I still have a blog. And trying to come up with content or focus enough to string a sentence together is really hard when you have all that other stress. And so one of the things that that we did was kind of um, come up with a routine 
because my kids were like, they went to school. I mean, my kids went to school. I guess they went to school on a Tuesday and then suddenly, okay, school's out. And you're like, oh, it's just, (laughs) the world changed overnight, didn't it? I mean, that's how it it literally hit a wall. Okay. uh, Life stops now. I remember posting about it saying, well, that's it. The children are home now for five months. And at the time we joked about it, we ordered quite a lot of wine. I'm not going to lie. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, we're kind of, is this really happening? At, at the back of your mind, no, no, things will change. But actually the reality is played out. Literally right. everything stopped. Sorry for interrupting. No, 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 no. And that, and that was it. It was like, and because my kids do very much better with a schedule and I do better with a schedule. I mean, anybody that has ADHD will tell you that we cling to our routines because if we don't have guidelines, we can go totally off the rails so that you have like a, cause everything's interesting. Everything seems like it would be fun to do. And it's always fun to start, <laughs> but managing to keep yourself focused that you go back and complete a project. And I always say that, you know, I, I know I'm at almost to the end of a book because that last 10,000 words, 15,000 words, all of the ideas for the next book start flowing, the next project I want to work on. And so I just keep a little notebook because if you didn't have any kind of discipline with yourself, it would be super easy to go, oh, I'll finish that later. This new thing's going to be so much fun. (laughs) And you would just leave it and you wouldn't finish it. And I know a lot of people that have like almost finished novels or halfway finished novels sitting on their hard drives because something else popped up. It's so the I shiny penny on the side of the road, oh, isn't it? Shiny penny, the shiny penny. Yeah, I would say like, you know, that attention span of a goldfish unless you're hyper-focused for the rest of the few days, you know? And so I just keep a notebook and I promise myself, like, you know, I make that little promise, like we can do this when we get finished this. And I write down the idea and scribble it down. And sometimes they're good ideas. And sometimes you're like, what the hell was I thinking? That doesn't sound good at all. And you go back and scratch through it. But in the moment, you know, like, so in a way it felt like, and I was in the middle, I was supposed to be writing a novella. I had made a commitment with um, two other friends for us all to write a novella and to submit them together to my publisher. Um, and so I've got this, you know, short novel I'm supposed to be writing in the midst of all of this. So I'm like, this isn't happening. I mean, this isn't happening right now. And just taking a step back and going, okay, what can I do to feed this creative need and not feel like I'm waiting through molasses? Mm. You know, what can I do? And so we set up a routine with the kids um, where they had, I ordered workbooks from Amazon. I'm like, this is good. You know, I'm not gonna, I, um, you know, I, I pump money into that pocket and that's okay because I needed them the next day. We need these books. And it gave the kids something to do because their teachers at that point hadn't set up anything online. Yeah. They were scrambling. They're scrambling. Right. And it was two weeks before we got back to school, any kind of any schooling, any kind of structure, but at least I felt like they, I said, you know, they had fun stuff to do because they were like puzzles and word problems and stuff like that. My kids think word problems are fun because we're all a bunch of geeky people at my house. Um, Love and that. Math, oh my God. And math and Khan Academy. So we set that up. Um, and, and we also played games. We found, we dug yeah. out our games closet. Okay. We're going to play family games, do this together. And that helped a lot. I mean, I think it helped the kids and I think it helped us. 
because play is always fun. You know, play is different, you know. I was um, saying to my um, my youngest, he's six, just the other day, because love. I mean, they've and, and you might uh, express this as well with your children. They have their level of stress because they get to a point as well where they're kind of bored of us. I mean, we don't talk the same language, really. Right. You know, it's you're, right. you're a bit boring. And he was getting oh, he was getting tense and getting stressed. Bless him, and it, it actually breaks my heart. I just said to him darling you're six years old you don't worry about this you should be having everything should be fun right right everything should be fun don't worry come you know come in tell me what's going on and like you say it's it's enjoying those moments it's actually conversing with them a lot as well talking because actually they think so much and they also pick up on everything in detail which has been quite an eye-opener Right. They oh, pick know, up all of that. And, and I think what's hard is when we're stressed as parents, sometimes you just want to disappear and, and mm. drop that, that parenting uh, job for a minute. Yeah. And that, when the kids go to school, you can. Yes. You, know, you can be just you for that however long they're gone. And you, you can just be by yourself and you don't, someone else is making the decisions and they'll call you if there's a problem. And that, that turning off that part of your brain, the, the parenting part of your brain is really nice. It gives you a break. Absolutely. And I think some people do that by like just retreating into their devices, you know, doom scrolling or whatever they're doing. Um, but again, you know, that's, there is a time and place for that, but you can wind up disconnecting from not only your kids, but your partner, your life by just getting hooked into your devices. So I think being able to put those down and step away and, and, and reminding yourself that, yes, the world is spinning. Yes, it feels like it's on fire right now, but it's okay for me to not watch the flames. It's okay for me to put the phone down and step away and get myself together and not necessarily ignore it and not, not be active in trying to participate and improving the situation, but it is certainly okay to give yourself that mental break. And, and in that break, um, you know, finding things that, um, you know, acknowledging your kids are grieving, like you're grieving your past life is huge too, because they are, they're sad. They yeah. friends. And, you know, our grief may not all be the same, but we have it, you know, everyone's dealing with that. And that's a whole big thing for the world. You know, we all would like it to go back like it was. And reality is, is that will not be for a very long time. I mean, it's going to take a while for this to settle out and for things to get better and for us all to get healthy and feel safe and, and, and be able to, to live our lives like we did. So them in particular, as young people, you know, my kids are 10, I have twins um, and they're 10 and their awareness of the world is startling to me at times. (laughs) How, much they pick up on what you're talking about. And um, I listen, our governor does a briefing um, most days and I like to listen to it just so I know what's going on. I'll listen to it every day, but I had it on today and my son came in and he goes, mom, who is it? And I said, it's Mike DeWine. He's talking about what's going on. And he pulled over a little, I was in the kitchen working and he pulled over a little stool to sit down and watch it. Oh. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. And they were talking about heart disease. It was like the guy, a doctor from OSU was talking about heart disease and um, implications with COVID. And he sat there and watched it. And, he, and then, and I said to him, have you any questions? And he asked me a, a couple of really good questions about, you know, what they had been talking about. 
And I was impressed that he was able to, I mean, it didn't seem to freak him out. Like he liked having that information. Like it made him feel a little empowered and, and aware of what was going on. And, and, um, and almost a bit more in control. Yes. He, like, he had control of the situation. I now know. Exactly. Relax my mind almost. Yeah. And he, you know, cause he, and I was worried that it would make him um, more fearful, you know, that he might become fearful about it. But he, and I said, does that make you afraid? He goes, no, he goes, I just like knowing things. And I said, well, that's good. Knowing things is always good. So, so I think, you know, allowing your children to take in information as well as they can and age appropriate, I think that makes them like, I think when you keep secrets, or you act like it's something they're not able to be concerned with. I think age appropriate information always helps with calming and, you know, just giving them a sense of some control over their lives. And I totally and, agree. You know, all that stuff. I mean, I, I think it all goes together. Um, and, and as a, you know, talking, you know, getting back to the creativity part, you know, and, and I have friends that are really struggling with writing and I, I went to, um, a conference years ago, and one of the presenters talked about, um, Liza Palmer talked about making very small attainable goals, like infinitesimally small attainable goals to get you back into the chair and get you back to the keyboard and get you back to writing. And, you know, the example she gave and, and the ones that I've held on to are simple things. Open the document. If all you can do that day is open the document and look at it, that's fine. You know, maybe the achievement, you know, you've opened the document. You know, if you can get 25 words, you know, set a goal of 25 words, add 25 words. If you get to the end of 25 words and you're done, step away. If you get to the end of 25 and you want to write a few more, do it, you know, but don't, you know, set 25 you know, or 15 minutes, tell yourself you're going to write for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And at the end of 10 or 15 minutes, if you're done, if you don't have another word inside you, just close the computer and walk away and then just build on that. And so I think that I know that for me, when I started back writing, um, you know, my, my aunt was an amazing woman and very headstrong. She had her own businesses way before anybody. Um, you know, my aunt was 78 and when she was coming along, women just didn't own businesses. You know, you, you might have a business, but when you got married, it belonged to your husband and you, you know, that whole thing. Um, and she had her own business. She had her own business uh, with horses. You know, she ran a stable um, and was a horse trainer uh, and worked full time for a long time and ran the barn and everything else. I mean, she had like tons of energy. And I knew that she would kick my ass if I did not get back to work. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just her personality. She'd say, it's okay to be sad, but get back to work. You know, <laughs> There's a time and a place, isn't it? You wallow, then that's almost an attainable goal though, isn't it? To touch on what you were saying. I was beaming when um, Brenda said that. You, you're, oh, it's such incredible, wonderful advice. I had a, a board full of stuff, which I cleared off. And then I had big goals. But I was, I was getting overwhelmed because you, you're not able to reach the big goal until you just give yourself a celebrate achieving the small stuff because right. you've got to reward yourself and kind of acknowledge I am getting by rather than feeling that you're not doing anything. And that's fu fundamentally important. I love what you said. Sorry, right. back to, yeah, back yeah, to your aunt, yeah. who sounds incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah she, well, I always tell people, yeah. they always say, you know, and I say, you know, my aunt was... Um, 
two years ago when she was, you know, 76, I had to tell her to get down off the hay truck and let me unload the bales. But when she was up, I got to get there and she's like up there, you know, shoving them off with her foot and, you know, throwing the hay bales. And I'm like, can you get off the truck? I can do that. You don't, you know, back up. And, but she just was like that. She, um, she never slowed down. She never sat down. She never slowed down. There was always something to do. Um, and I kind of hold on to that because she was very much uh, a very big influence in my life. Um, so part of that, so I got back to work and a couple of days, 50 words was all I could do to get out on this. And I had already started the novella. I mean, I had, I think I probably had maybe a thousand words written. I don't know. It was like, it wasn't very, I wasn't very far into it. It was like, it's, it was supposed to be a 30,000 word uh, bit. And I wasn't that far into it to like, oh, I just have to get through it. And I was like still, you know, formulating a lot of it. I'm like 50 words. If I get 50 words today, that's that's okay. And I'm, I'm part of the Less Fix Printers group. And the best part about that group is that, you know, you go every day and you, you write, you know, you, you say what your goals are for the day and people check back in. You check back in later. What did I get done? Did I not get anything done? What are your writing plans for today? And there's a core group of us that are very, so, you know, May Downey runs that, Donnie runs that. And there's a core group of us that are always cheering each other on. So you have that, that the people that are there that whether you attain, and you can go back and say, I didn't even get 50 words written and everybody go, it's okay. There's always tomorrow. Exactly. Write this off, carry on tomorrow. And when you say sprinters, you, you're not talking about running, are you? You're talking no, about running. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that people do, um, and I'm not sure where it started or who started it, but with the National Novel Writing Month with NaNoWriMo, oh. um, they do, you know, that's the first place I heard of it is writing sprints where you set a timer and you and your friends all agree that say at nine o'clock in the morning, you're all going to sit down and you're going to write and you're going to just keep writing as many words as you can in that hour time period. And then you check back in to see where you are. Um, wow. Right. What a great and, idea. Right. And so they, and they organize uh, write-ins and writing sprints and you can find groups. Um, and I know just some people will put a call out, you know, if you have writer friends, Hey, I'm going to, I need a sprint buddy who's up for sprinting at 10 o'clock. And then you, you know, just the idea sometimes that someone else is generating content when you are, you know, getting words down when you are is, is very motivational. But, um, and NaNoWriMo is, uh, I always say I'm not going to do it and I always do it, you know, cause you get to like day 25 and you're like, why the hell do I do this to myself? You know, why am I committing to write 50,000 words in 30 days? What kind of a nutcake am I? Um, and then you get finished and you feel so great that you finished. And, and actually, every book except for the first one that I've done which I lost which probably if I could find the I had a tragic Dropbox Dropbox accident for my very first NaNoWriMo novel and I accidentally deleted it trying to make space and then I couldn't get it but I didn't realize I deleted it I couldn't get back but oh heartbreaking right but every other novel that I've written for NaNoWriMo has been published so it's always like that extra book a year I fit in oh, <laughs> we wow right so I, I I always get the first you know the, the first part of the year you know I get a novel written usually between when the kids go back to school and you know October which is when I would go to my conference and I would get that done and then I would take November and write a novel and then edit them both and submit one in December and submit one in January and that's what I've done for like the last three years fantastic and, um, yeah I mean so I always say it's my it's my extra book for the year making myself generate that book in 30 days and in fact the um 
the Goldie winner. Double Six was my NaNoWriMo project for last year. And congratulations <laughs> on that as well, by the way. Wow, you, absolutely you. incredible. Wonderful, that was, wonderful. That was, cool, that was a very, that was like, um, that was a high point, I must say, of the summer. That was like very, very special. But I always think about that. Like I, you know, pushed myself to do it, but, and I say I'm not going to do it, but I always do it. You know, just having that idea that other people are creating when you are, is just super motivational. Um, so we're talking about, you know, creatives and trying to give yourself space the other thing that um, that I did uh, was talk with my other co-authors and we all negotiated a deadline because we had set a deadline. We were, in fact, I was looking at my old calendars on the wall over here in my office and I was looking at it. And at the bottom, I see where it was supposed to be due the end of June, which none of us were ready at the end of June. Um, and we probably won't submit it till I'm thinking we probably won't submit it till October because everybody's got other things they're trying to get done because they were behind on those projects. So it was like a cascade, but, um, and I was supposed to have a book release in June and I renegotiated that and it's actually coming out um, Monday. Well, well the pre-order's up now, but, um, but it's coming out Monday. Amazing. That first book series, but that was supposed to release in June, but I just, you know, I talked to my publisher and I said, I'm not able to do promo for this and it's, I'm just not there. And can we please push this back? So we pushed it back. So now August and, you know, it's supposed to be June and September. And so now it's August and the other one will be out in October because it's the first two books in the series. But being able to negotiate your deadlines, I think for anybody who's struggling, you know, don't push that added pressure on yourself. If you could negotiate deadlines, even if it's with yourself, yeah. especially if it's with yourself. Yeah. Because you know what on that? Yeah, you're, you're quite right, Brenda. And on that everyone was in a really unusual space back in June. You know, it was very, very unusual. I love those, uh, the nine square grid that I've seen on Instagram of uh, celebrities posting their images relating to expressions of feelings during those months. But I don't know that many people were reading anyway, Brenda. So actually in a, on the other side of the coin, perhaps it's right that you release now because folk are more engaged so it's likely to be better. So, although I had people saying, when is it coming out? When's it coming out? Oh, really? Out? Okay. <laughs> so what do I know? <laughs> I think it could have gone either way. Either way yeah. I haven't, um, I've struggled to read uh, new books unless I really trusted that I was not going to uh, have to deal with anything I didn't want to deal with. Like, I really was not in the mood for angsty books or anything that was just going to have an untoward, you know, I wanted to read, I wanted to be in a happy place. Yeah. Um, and so I've reread a lot of books, but I would like really have taken my, it's been just now in the last month or so, I've been able to read new books and not just stay with books that I'd already, you know, read. Um, because I was anxious about getting into, I was like, you know, God, if I get in here and somebody, you know, dies that I don't want to die, I'm going to be really upset. Yeah. yeah. And you never know how this going to go. And it's, it's, you're so right yeah I reread my favorite books to get that warm feeling inside I contacted and wonderfully have established such a great network of individuals like-minded individuals coaches as well uh, and we've been able to talk to one another inspire one another but also just feel that level of connection Mm -hmm. and positivity and that's helped me through the process for sure. And also reading great books. I mean, I'm reading a book at the moment. Hang on. I, I posted it the other day. 
uh, if anyone is interested, Shine by a chap called. Oh, that. And I, I think I ordered it, and I, I think it's on my. I think it's in my Kindle to be it's started. It's, I thought, it's yeah, I thought so cool. wonderful uh, by yeah. Andy Cope and Gavin Otis. I think I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. his surname correctly. But j- just positive books, just to inspire right. yourself. And I think that's what one of the things you were going to touch on in terms of. Yeah. What else has helped through your time? Staying connected with positive people, staying connected with your people, um, you know, friends that you have that you normally see all the time that you're not, you know, connecting with. Um, and, and keeping the positive, you know, focusing on the positive. I think the people in your life that you know are, um, are supportive of what you're doing and are going to contribute to your mental health and what's going on versus, uh, you know, those people that, you know, probably if you were not in such a a winnowing kind of time, you might've just continued because that was, oh, it's socially expected. I mean, the nicest thing about this is if you have those people in your life that maybe you should have, you, you had outgrown or they didn't fit um, and I don't mean that to be unkind, but there are those people that you, you go different ways. You don't have anything in common um, and you didn't have that much of a connection to begin with. It's okay to let those go. Let I, mean, go. People, yeah. I think people really feel sometimes I, I think they push themselves to maintain relationships that are not healthy or maintain relationships that don't uh, don't have a, an equal amount. I mean, not that every relationship is going to be equal because we all have family and we all have <laughs> family members that, you know, you have to give a little bit more because, you know, their banks are empty and you need to give to them. And, you know, it doesn't mean you're ever going to get anything back and that's okay. I mean, and you have friends that are like that, that are dear friends that you have that you give to, um, you know, you give to each other as you can and you, you know, it all evens out in the end um, for those kinds of things. But I think letting go of uh, negative relationships and negative things, just even relationships with alcohol, relationships with your phone, relationships with technology that's not fitting you anymore, or even dreams that you had or goals that you had, if it doesn't fit anymore, let it go, you know, just, just clear out that clutter. And, you know, you and I have talked about finding your why, like why you're doing something. And sometimes you have to come up with a new why, you know, why am I writing? Why am I creating? Why is it so important to me to get these stories out here? Why is, why does that still feel important in the world? Because you can feel, and I wrote a blog post about this. You can feel like it's kind of pointless. Yeah. You know, and I, and that the meme where the world's on fire and then the, <laughs> art, the authors are like, anybody want to buy a book? And it's like, it feels like that, but at the same time, when you have readers contact you and say to you um, how much they liked your book or how much they felt seen or how much they enjoyed being in that world that you created, wow. it is your why. It's very powerful. And, um, and I would encourage anyone that if you feel that way, let the creatives in your life know. If you, you, you buy a painting and you stare at it every day, I and mean, sometimes you have that transaction, if you still in touch with the artist, you can say, I still love this and I'm so glad you made it or whatever to encourage them. Because sometimes when you're creating, it can feel very isolated and very alone. 
Do you know, I, I've, I've always said this, I have huge admiration for creative folk and particularly book writers as well, because there's something about that you put your heart and soul into that. And there's a lot of judgment often that comes on the other side or, you know, feelings and whatnot from readers in terms of how they evaluate that. So it's a very blood, sweat and tears. And it's a, an incredible thing that you do. And I, I, I'm right behind you. Kindness, gratitude, and just talking about something and, and letting somebody know that it touched you, it, you know, you felt it, it had real resonance with you and it's changed perhaps how you're moving forward or how you're seeing things or your life or how it reflects on you, even your words now. It's wonderful to say thanks for that or to say, yes, I get that. Or do you know what? I understand what you're saying. Because that also reinforces your own feelings and messages as well. And it makes you feel exactly. a sense of belonging, a community. and who you are almost being true to ourselves right exactly i mean that that's that's all of it and um i think that that particularly you know um when you strip everything away and that's what i think a lot of that has happened with covid because i think a lot of the busyness that people had jammed into their lives that suddenly they had to step back and go wow you know, maybe that wasn't as important and I don't know why I was doing it. You know, why was yeah. I doing these things? Letting yourself evaluate what's what's important to keep and what's, you know, you can let go and move on and making space for the new stuff. Yes. And making space for what's important. And it's like the, you know, they, they say it at every time management uh, seminar you ever go to about putting the big rocks in first, <laughs> filling in with all the stuff. But, but I think sometimes we don't necessarily need to jam pack that jar, you know, I'm point. not sure why the jar has to be <laughs> packed because it's okay to have spaces in your life. And particularly as a creative, you need those spaces to just let your brain come up with those ideas. I mean, busyness, I, I think sometimes is really the, the, the killer of creativity because yeah. you need to have time alone with your brain. I mean, that's, I mean, it's hard to find sometimes if you have a family, if you have kids, um, stolen moments, right? Stolen moments. <laughs> I find, I find myself in the basement folding laundry a lot longer because I'm down there. Doing the, the laundry never felt so good. Right. Well, and the rule is if you if you interrupt me while I'm folding laundry, you have to keep you have to help me. I mean, okay. they, fold, they fold. You know, like a lot of times, I'll bring it up and throw it on the couch and say, "Fold it while, while you're doing whatever." You know, I mean, they're, they oh. help fold clothes and stuff, and they're good. At, they put their clothes away, and they help me with those things. But sometimes oh, I love it. I mean, I'll stand in the basement, fold towels, and realize that I've been down there for like I don't know twenty minutes. The towels are long folded, but I have, my brain has gone to a different place and I'm like sorting stuff out or when I'm mowing the lawn, I mean, yes, I'm doing something, but I'm not doing something that necessarily takes a lot of brain work, Amazing. Um, but making that space for yourself to just think and think about what it is you're doing and that kind of stuff. I think that that has been, um, that has not being able to turn off the world enough to think about your fantasy world or your you know the dragons that you want to build you know or the the demons or the gargoyles or whatever that are happening in your next work 
or you know that love story that you really want to write those kinds of things you have to give yourself space don't jam that jar so full that you don't have any room to do anything i mean I, I mean the world will the world will jam try and jam a lot of stuff in there anyway or they always have these shoulds you know and and i think people get caught up in that busyness and i think that you know sometimes it's a badge you know oh i'm so busy and it's like okay i'm really sorry that you're so busy yeah you're so right i hear it a lot but folks saying oh i'm busy and in fact actually we took a few days off last week and i got into that mode oh, i've got to get this done i must do this i was working long hours i have started a new business so slightly different there was a you know there's a level of expectation or need rather to kick it right. start it but i got into that mode i was kind of you know not switching off it was invaluable the world didn't change well no, in principle, the world didn't change while I was away. You know, I came back, everything was still the same. And it didn't matter to switch off for three days. And it felt incredible. So on that, and I know you've got some really great ideas in terms of self-care. And this, you know, kind of leads on from the not stuff in the jar. Right. You've got some really powerful thoughts about self-care and how one should deal with that and certainly how you approach that what's your thoughts on the hows with regards to that well i think the first thing people can do is let go of unrealistic expectations because <laughs> there was a lot of that oh you're stuck in the house learn a new language learn to play the guitar um become a master yogi get in great shape run a marathon whatever and i'm like you can't do all the things you might be able to do like <laughs> one of those things but you may be so distressed and unfocused and need to give yourself time to heal from all of the drama and all of the trauma that none of those things are possible. And it doesn't mean you need to think badly of yourself. You also might be like my, my niece and nephew have worked through this entire event. Wow. They are both frontline workers they have worked through all of it. I have many nurse friends that have worked through all of it. And, you know, whether you're supporting someone and worrying about those people that are on the front lines or you are on the front line yourself, you know, watching all these people that, you know, had the time because they either lost their job and they were at home. And I thought, you know, if you're home because you lost your job and can't work, I'm not really sure that's the time to take up a new hobby. You know, I mean, there's a few other things that you probably are going to be concerned with. So letting go of unrealistic expectations of what you're going to accomplish in the midst of a, a tremendous upheaval in our society is huge. So, so don't beat up on yourself. That's my first rule. To support that a bit and more, some more and something I advocate through coaching, actually, as well, when you choose hobbies or when you choose to get a new skill or something, it's got to be from you. It's mm. got to be from your heart this it's futile doing something because society is telling you to and actually it's wrong anyway because your heart's not in it you've exactly. got so if you're in if you're in a funk you're not going to get to a position whereby you're able to find that thought about what it is you want to do so to, if you are going to do a skill which is great or not it's got to be you driving it it exactly. can't be anything else that that's that's perfect and that's and that's exactly it it's got to come from inside you it's not yeah. what Everybody says you should be should doing. Be doing. Shooting, shooting on yourself is always awful. Um, I, I think also embracing the difficulty and keep going. You know, I mean, that's the that's the thing. Don't you know? Rest when you need to. 
and don't quit. I mean, the, the, the thing that always makes me the saddest is when people's like, oh, I started to write a book, but, but then I quit. And I'm like, okay, did you quit because you decided it really wasn't for you? Or did you quit because you got overwhelmed because the idea of writing a whole big book made it overwhelming? And, you know, do you really want to go? And if you want to go back to it, what can I do to get you there? You know, do you need somebody to read what you've written and encourage you? Do you, you know, just need me to point you in the direction of some people that I know have really fabulous um, books about how to get a first draft out there or whatever? I mean, you know, what do you need? And it's okay to quit if it's not serving you but don't quit just because it got hard. And I think that that's the, you know, where you draw that line, you know, I mean, it, things that you achieve are often not easy. Comfort zone, isn't it? This is the, again, this is a, a great thing I chat to with my clients as well. You've got to set attainable goals. So that was your point earlier. It's got to be attainable. Otherwise it does become overwhelming. And if you're unable to, for whatever reason, and it happens through life, not hit those, it's okay to put it to one side or reevaluate, change the direction. Right. But it's, yeah, it's about believing in yourself and understanding that in order to get from A to B or even A to Z, right. There's going to be some hurdles and trying to foresee, or at least have some ideas of how you'd overcome a hurdle if it came up be it financial. I'm not sure any of us could have predicted a COVID though. So I don't know what, what we put in to help ourselves there, but we've learned from this as well. So yeah. it's again about reflecting, right, must make sure we, we care for ourselves. You don't get anywhere, unfortunately, from comfort zones. You've, you know, the fear factor. Starting a new business is terrifying, but I want to do it. It's in my heart, so I will do it. And there's going to be things that I come across that I'm kind of, oh, wow, goodness, no, I can't do that. And then I'll reevaluate. But give yourself, it's okay to say that. Then, okay, what do I need to do to get there? How do right. I do it? Breaking, Who do I need to contact? Right, breaking it down. Yeah. Um, you know, staying connected to positive people that support you and what you do. You know, the co-authors that I'm doing my novella with, my sprinter support, you know, find that support group that will support you in your creative endeavors. And you're, you know, they're out there, you know, even if you just have one other person that you can call up and say, I'm really struggling with this dialogue or this scene isn't working out the way that I want it to. And I don't know what to do with it. We're just saying, or just being able to, you know, say, Hey, can anybody lay some eyes on this? Am I going in the right direction? And having that group of people, the cheerleaders, and I always say they're, they're like, you know, in my mind, they're like the imaginary cheerleaders behind me with the palm moms going, I, I know you can do this. You know, they believe in you. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. Totally okay. Um, and then we talked about recreating a new why um, and, and reaching out for that help that you need. I'm trying to think of what else we, we, we talked a little bit before we, we got on here and I'm trying to remember what else we talked about as far as like things to do to help yourself. Talk about negotiating deadlines. Oh, the self-indulgence versus self-care, that, that false dichotomy. Did we talk about that? being? We know, haven't being, done it on here. I, I think a lot of people really struggle with that. Like they believe that there's, you know, there's self-indulgence and there's self-care. And, and, you know, self-care is whatever it needs to be for you. And it may look like self-indulgence to someone else. But, you know, we are so concerned sometimes with what other people might think of what we're doing or how we're living um, particularly people that struggle with depression and mental health issues, they, they tend to isolate themselves if they feel like what they're doing, if they feel like their self-care doesn't look acceptable to the rest of the world or doesn't seem like it would be acceptable for what they're doing. Um, and I always give the, the example of, 
you know, if you're struggling with depression, 50 feet can seem like 500 miles, yeah. you know, reaching out to, to, for help, um, may not be possible. And we talked about, you know, paying attention, uh, to people around you that are struggling, but particularly if you're struggling yourself, you know, don't beat yourself up about what you need to do for you. You know, if you need a day where you need to just sit on the couch and read your favorite books under your favorite blanket, um, and not engage, give yourself that space, you know, give yourself the space to heal, give yourself the space. And it's not indulgent to take care of yourself. And I think that that's, you know, again, it's that outside push of people telling you what you need to do with your life. And, and I'm a big one of like, just, you know, don't live like anybody else tells you to live, live like your own self tells you to live. I mean, you know, hang on to what your own wisdom, you know, but take the time to listen to yourself. And trust that you will know when to rest, you know, you'll, your body will tell you, I need to lay down. I mean, we've all been there when we've been getting a cold. And the first thing that I always know, like when any of my kids are starting to get sick and they haven't like had a fever or runny nose or anything else, they'll say, mom, I'm tired. And that's, I always like, right. Don't you, if your kids come to you and say, mom, I'm tired. Don't you say that? You go, oh, they're getting sick. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not right. <laughs> Little right? person. Yeah. You're, t- yeah. You're getting poorly. That's, that's the first thing. That's the first thing I think of. Cause my kids go hundred miles an hour unless they're asleep. Yeah. Most kids go hundred miles an hour. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what, before we came on and before we, we started talking off air and then on the podcast, I had a nap. I'll be, right. I had a 10 minute power nap because I wanted, I want to give you all of my focus and my attention. And I was feeling a bit tired and I'm kind of, do you know, this is my new thing, by the way, when I feel yeah, tired, sure. I want to grab 10 minutes. So I've, I'm all for it. It's, yeah. I felt amazing afterwards. So yeah, sure. I wanted to share. <laughs> Naps are the best. And that's been the hardest thing for me to adjust to because when my kids were in school, I used to always take like a 20 minute nap after lunch. And then I'd be able to come, like I would write, I would drop them off at school, zoom home, sit down at my desk, write like the wind until lunchtime, you know, get as many words as I could again, you know, do lunch, have my nap, come back and do businessy stuff, you know, the brilliant, you know, the, the stuff that I don't, it's not fun. I mean, the business side is not fun, but it has to be done or, you know, things don't happen. Yeah. Um, And that nap was always what made me be fresh in the afternoon and ready to go home and then pick them up and have dinner or whatever. I mean, like, it was just like this huge, I was like plugging in your battery, you know, when you're ready to die. It's like what it felt like. And that's the image, isn't it? That's the image we always, oh, I mean, I've, I've posted this before and we need to acknowledge we don't allow our phone battery to get that low. And yet we allow it to ourselves very frequently unfortunately so it's about you know even or you if you saw a friend who was tired and whatnot or or you or your children your your wife go take a nap you you know i got this do it yeah it's okay so we need to we need to be that kind to ourselves we do we do and and that's the biggest part about all of this i mean you know it may take you i mean it took me as long to write thirty thousand words as it normally takes me to write sixty thousand words but I got it done. You know, this week I started a new, um, a new novel. It's the third, it'll be the third book in the series. And I actually am, I'm not back to where I was as far as generating, you know, as many words a day as I normally do. But I did have one day where I actually wrote 1500 words for the first time since all this started, since March consecutively. Wow. Like, 
okay, this felt really good, but it's kind of like if you've ever had a sports injury and you had to rehab from that, I feel like my brain has been rehabbing since March. I mean, I just feel like I needed to give myself that space and to find our rhythm, find our rhythm as far as our household goes, you know, find our way back. And I wrote a blog post about coming full circle because when my kids were little, um, I started writing when they were little. Um, and, and when I mean little, I mean, I was home with them um, pretty much full time. They were two and three when I first started doing this, writing short stories and blogging and stuff like that. And, and so I want you to just picture, I have two-year-old twins and I decide I'm going to start a blog because, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It is insane thinking about it, isn't it? <laughs> like, you have to do this. And I did it because... Did it! Because you wanted to. Well, because I needed an outlet. Yeah. And, and I needed something that was going to push me to write. And, you know, I made myself a, a goal of, of producing a piece of content every week. You know, I was going to okay. post every week, which I did. And it, it made, got me to the habit of producing stuff, whether or not I had, you know, as much time as I would like to take. And it also taught me to write. There's a great book called Writing in the Margins that I think particularly works for people who are at home with kids. And it talks about taking those little bits of time. You know, if you get 15 minutes and you can get out 100 words in 15 minutes, that's 100 words that you have. And if it, at the end of the week you've got 500 words, that's like half a page. I mean, you know, like it just, it all adds up. Yeah. So when we talked before about those micro goals, if you can only get out 25 words or 50 words, every word adds up and you can't edit or fix a blank page. I mean, that's reality. So if you don't generate content, if you don't get those things done, but nobody said, you know, I got totally spoiled by the last couple of years because my kids were in school. Like, so for the first three years that I wrote, when they finally went to preschool, they were in school for two, I had two hours and 45 minutes from the time I dropped them off got home to my chair to when I had to go pick them up two hours and 45 minutes. Wow. And I had to remind myself that I wrote in that time period, I managed to write four books. Wow. You know, in that, over that period of time, in those little two hours and 45 minutes of time, I didn't do anything else. I let the house go. I didn't worry about anything else, but I focused. And so I'm back. I feel like I've come full circle. And that's what my last blog post was about. Like I'm home again with my kids you know, finding time. Yeah. And, and I am finding time. I woke up early for this and I wrote a thousand words before we talked today because I got that out of the way. I'm like, okay, this was my goal for the day. My goal for the week. I tend to break my word goals. Um, I like to do them as daily goals and weekly goals so that if I don't hit the daily goals, I still have a chance to hit my weekly goal. So if my weekly goal is 5,000 words and I get to Friday, I'm like, okay, can I crank it out and hit this? Am I going to get there? Um, Or if I have a day where I write 1,500 and the next day I don't write anything, it all works out. So, I mean, give yourself the space to create, give yourself the, you know, be kind to yourself. Those are, those are the, the, that's the best advice I can, can give is be kind to yourself, you know, extend to yourself. If a friend called up and said, I've had so many things happen and I just can't get this done. Can we move the deadline? You'd be okay. Yeah, sure. For the most part, right? Yeah. Sure. If it was possible, you'd do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. Do you know, I think what you just said that it's reflecting, isn't it? And I've been doing a a great deal of it as well. And I think a lot of folk are just generally with the, the life that we are now leading. 
but it's important to reflect on previous successes. So touching on what you said with regards to how you succeeded while your children were at school in that small window, I've done it before, I can do it again. I just need to be creative in terms of how that looks now and perhaps it's early mornings, but you, it's reflecting on previous successes that you are capable, we all are capable, telling ourselves, yes, well done. And you find a way you can be creative. You're allowing your mind just to, yes, okay, how do I just review this and do it in a slightly different way? But reflecting on previous successes and celebrating, I can do that, I will do that, is amazing. And I think it's it's powerful. I mean, in drawing on those successes when maybe you really succeeded with adversity, whether it's writing or, I mean, we've all had those times in our lives where we've done what we really didn't think we could do, but we did it. And then when we look back, we're like, gosh, I don't even know how I did that. Yeah. You know, I, I wrote my master's thesis between the time they were born and handed it in when they turned one. Wow. Right. Right. Now I will, I will confess to doing a quantitative thesis, you know, instead of, you know, I, I did statistics for my master's thesis, so I didn't have to do all the writing that would go along with qualitative. So, and I like, yeah, so I totally, you know, I I did that, but yeah. And from the time until they were six months old, I didn't even have a babysitter. And when they were six months old, I found this wonderful college student who um, had finished her senior thesis. And so she had like this Fridays off, you know, and she came every Friday. And so every Friday I would have a dedicated six hours that I could go to the library away from my little babies and write. And somewhere in my house, my wife has it and it always makes me laugh when she, when she pulls it out, when I'm having one of those days where I don't believe in myself and I'm sitting at my desk and my kids are sound asleep in bouncy chairs. You know, those little recliners. <laughs> yeah. You could just tap just to keep them going. Right. right? <laughs> they're sound asleep and they're just on either side of my desk. And I am like hunched over work. I don't even know what I'm working on. My research notebook still smells like baby formula. <laughs> At some point in time, I was holding a loaded baby and it, you know, pointed towards my research notebook. And then they, you know, I don't even know which one of them spewed across my notebook. Oh, because I'm trying to, to take care of this baby and do my stuff at the same time. And I'm like, okay, it is possible. In, in, I don't have to change. And I think to myself, okay, so I don't have to change diapers. I don't have to, you know, worry about two kids trying to get them down for a nap or bottles or whatever. Now, when they come to me and say, mom, I'm hungry. I'm like, well, what are you going to make yourself for lunch? I mean, yeah. you know, my house, as soon as you can reach the counter, I really believe in self-sufficiency. <laughs> do you need help with me? Do you need any of my help or do you have it? I got it. I'm like, okay. You know, and Wonderful. so they, it's really amazing. I mean, and they help me with dinner and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I just have to remind myself every once in a while, I think I should just blow that picture up and like put it next to my desk so that when I have those days where I think, oh, I can't do this, I can look at that and go, no, I, I've done it. I did do it. And that, this is that's a great way to wrap this up. I th- that is, it's so important, isn't it? The reflection, looking at what you, Brenda, you're incredible. Everything oh, you. you've talked about. No, truly, truly are. I mean, uh, I, I think you're an amazing individual from everything you've gone through, home life, I know you've had a, a tough few months, um, how you've you know, managed at home with your children, the extra support that they require as well. And to your point, being able to reflect on what's going on, to look back and think, okay, I can do this. I just need to give myself time. 
and then adjusting the schedule, focusing on, I've done this before, getting the picture up by the side of the bed, as you say, great idea. It's, it's admirable. It's inspiring, but I hope for everyone listening, there's some, you know, there are clearly some wonderful tips in there in terms of how to move forward. Cause unfortunately we will be in this kind of unusual life for a long time to come, I think. Uh, certainly into next year so these are really good tips to bring into your life to help us get through and you know appreciate that we're wonderful and unique individuals and we all matter on an individual basis and we've all got great stories and we've all got great things we can bring to the table that's that's true and thank you it's been loads of fun talking with you i i miss you i I miss you (laughs) bummed we didn't get to see each other this year but bummed brenda where can everybody find you online I am at brendalmurphy.com. Um, that's my website. And um, my latest book is up on Amazon. The one that's releasing on Monday is on Amazon, but my website has all of my, um, it has links to my blog, writingwhiledistracted.com, um, which I still think my niece came up with that. I think it's genius. Title, and I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect. Yes, yeah, so writing while distracted. Um, that's my blog and you can find that at, like, it's all on my website. It's there. Um, and on nine star presses website. Um, and you can find my books there too. I think that's the best place I'm around on Facebook. You can find me. I have a group, um, the writing while distracted scurry, which is what you call a collection of squirrels. And that's my, (laughs) that's my readers group. And that's how I feel most days. I'm like a big squirrel, you know, or squirrels, squirrels are are one of my favorite animals because they're just hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the best place to find. Those are the best places to find me. I'm not on Twitter too much. I mean, I pop in every now and then, but I'm mostly around Facebook and you know, wonderful. This has been inspiring. And do you know what? Just what I needed on a Friday. See you and have this conversation. It's been magic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, good luck with the coaching business. I think it's a fantastic and a great, great thing. I tell people, you know, Natalie's doing coaching. Ah, I love <laughs> you. Send them my way. Anybody? Yes, for sure. I'm I, I adoring it. Yeah, really loving it. Thank you so much, Brenda. And thanks everyone for listening. Take care, look after yourself, keep well. You have been listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. All contact information can be found in the show notes, together with any links to websites I may have referred to in the show. If you've enjoyed this show, please pop over to seizetheday.simplecast.com where you'll find all of my other shows. Or you can visit me at nmscoaching.co.uk. And from Friday the 17th of July, all of my social handle names will be NMS Coaching. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.